Thank you so much. Brian, you spell your name with a Y or an I? Well, I spell correctly, but not. We're, <laughs> we're going to work Bibles. Please turn to Hebrews chapter 12. And as you're turning to Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to talk a little bit, end up with what the pastor talked about last week. Uh, my family's from East Tennessee. Uh, my, my father grew up in the largest Southern Baptist church in, in the state of Tennessee. Well, one of our pastors, Willie uh, Turner, was getting ready to retire. So our church asked him, oh, by the way, pastor, would you like, would you like a new car? Would you like a, great pr- a prayer warrior? And he looked at us and he says, I would love to go bear hunting. Okay. Well, if that's what you want to do, that's great. Okay. So we took him out. He got really good. So he sat there and he says, okay, I'm ready. So we put the pastor at the top of the mountain, and we went down to the bottom of the mountain, and we took tin cans and things like this, started banging them. So the bears would run right up to him. All he'd have to do is stand there, pull the trigger, and he'd get in his first bear. Well, we got up there, we're banging the, the things, and all of a sudden, we hear a bear charging up the, the mountain. Here he goes, up the mountain. And the pastor sat there, and he did exactly what we trained him, boy. He, he, he bared down right on that bear. The bear was 100 yards off to him. He pulled the trigger, click, click, click. Forgot to have any ammunition. <laughs> so the pastor took off running. He's running, running, running. He gets to the edge of the mountain. He turns around, he sees the bear charging him. Brother Willie Turner was a great man of prayer. He drops to his knees. Lord, I pray for this bear salvation. Bring this bear salvation. Oh, Lord, I've led so many people to the Lord. Here comes the bear. Here comes the bear. A hundred yards, I'm sorry, ten feet before he gets to the pastor, the bear drops to his knees and starts praying. So, you know, we're deacons. We're running up there to make sure, you know, we didn't hear a shot. We was worried about everything. We walked up there, and we seen the pastor on one side. We see the bear on the other side, 10 feet apart, and that bear is praying. Well, one of the deacons looked at me, and he said, you know what? I've never heard a bear pray before. So he walked up there, and he started listening to the bear, and the bear said, thank you, Lord, for this meal, which about ready to receive. <laughs> That's not a true story. That's not a true story. But being from... Uh, the largest Southern Baptist church in the state of Tennessee. That is a true story. So uh, if you got your, uh, if you got your Bibles ready, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 3. Now, I have to put my glasses on to be able to see the words, but I have to take them off to see you. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 3. I'm reading out of the New American Standard. That's a little bit different than what you have in front of you, but that's something that God asked me to do, and that's something I understand. So start endured much hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and, every son, and, every, and he scourges every son whom he, dis, uh, he receives. It is for the discipline that you endure. God deals with you as, as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which we become partakers, discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they discipline us for our short time that seemed best to them, but he us. 
All discipline for a moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Therefore, strength feet are weak, and the knees lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all men, that the sanctification without which no one can see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, but no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. And that, verse 16, and that there is no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, and he found no place for repentance, though he sought it for for it for many tears. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for the holy word that you've given us here today. Father, we just ask that everyone in the sound of my voice can receive this word and struggling, just joining, struggling power upon it so they can inside. Father, we just ask you to heal us today. Father, we just ask you to take this holy word and to teach us what we need to hear today. Heal us from the problems that we just created to walk and to serve you. Lord, be with us now. Change our hearts and our lives this day. In Jesus' precious name I pray and I give thanks and amen. Folks, today as I, as I lead the message with you, I want to share with you, there's three types of people that's here today. First of all, you may be lost. That you will be in hell the rest of your life. Second of all, there's church members here. Man, they're faithful. They're religious. They show up on time every Sunday. Man, they know their Bible. But if, and they, they, they think that they're... And then there's the saved people. That means that you gave your life to Christ. Let me share something with you. In John chapter 10, verses 28 and 29, it says that when you, beget, when you are saved, Christ takes you and puts you in the hand of God. The Holy Spirit comes and he seals that. And no matter what you do, where you go, or, or who you become, you will always be a child of God. Revelations tells us that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's, and no matter what, you're going to go to heaven. It's Christ. I'm the only son of Carl and Lola Willis. No matter what I do the rest of my life, that's not going to change. And if you're saved here today, no matter what you do, we're going to talk today. The scripture that we're going to talk about today is for the saved person. So if you're lost or a church member today, this is not for you. So this passage of scripture that we're going to read today, for we have forgotten the exhortations which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. That word discipline comes from the Hebrew word musar, which means to learn or to get to know. It is to, to scriptures and service hearing. If you believe in giving messages to, to scriptures and, and to services today, our title of our message today is called Follow Me. That's what God's asked us to do as discipline, is to follow Him. Let's look down into verse 11. Let's go to the first slide. Verse 11. All discipline for a moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. Yet but those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. You see, folks, once you get saved... You're always going to be saved. But God gives us this. This is this holy, inspired word. With This is what you're going to be judged by, and this is what you're going to be trained by. See, this is God's word. It doesn't change. 
I'm sorry for those that are here today that believe in the electronic tablets and all that stuff. Folks, I'm not of that generation. I was born August 24th, 1959. I'm from the written word, the real things. I got a page here. This goes back. I tell you what, God's going to train us to go through this, and he's going to give you the Holy Spirit to give you the answers. See, that's the thing in these verses in verse 11. It says, all discipline for a moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful, yet but those who've been trained by it. You see, God didn't save you just to leave you here, that hope one day that you're going to get to heaven. God gave his holy word so that you would be trained, equipped, and know exactly what you need to do in this life. You see, when our parents raised us, our mothers and fathers then took us. They, they raised us up to about three or four years old, taught us the right things to do, taught us, you know, how to eat, how to eat at the table, how to have manners, things like that. Then we went to school. And then the teachers taught us, and they trained us. And then as we went on in life, we got training in jobs and things like that. But you see, this is the thing. Folks, so I had one guy tell me once, he says, Preacher, I thought when I got out of school, I didn't have to read any more books. Well, you know, this book is the book of life. And if you're a Christian here today, you need to know it. You need to know it inside, and you need to know it outside. Folks, this is what you're going to be judged for. This is going to give you safety. This is going to give you protection. This is going to provide for everything you need. Now, I'm preaching an old-fashioned Southern Baptist message this morning, and I'll tell you what, there's a lot of great self-help books out there, but there's nothing that's close to this. If you live inside of this book, you're going to be okay. As I say a couple things in my life, right there. The Bible teaches it, I believe it, and that settles it. No gray matter. You don't have to worry about what Oprah or anybody else says. It doesn't matter. That eliminates all teaches it. You believe. You don't have to worry about what, who said the latest thing is. It doesn't matter. This is eternal. When you get to heaven and you face a holy God, guess what? He's going to open up this book. He's going to see if your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And at that point, if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're going to heaven. And if it's not, you're going to go to hell. That means separated from God for eternity. That's why he thinks so much of you to read this every single day and to be trained by it. That's why the Holy Spirit came is to help us through all the steps in life. You're not alone. You never will be alone. God is here for you, and he gave you his living word to be with you. Now, let's look to Romans chapter 8. Open up your Bibles. Go to Romans chapter 8. Keep your thumb in Hebrews chapter 12. Romans chapter 8. And folks, we're going we're gonna to learn our scriptures today. We're going to go through and we're going to see exactly what it says. Romans chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 14. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 14. And it says, For all who have been led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. For you are not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have been received a spirit of adoption as sons by which you cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies that our spirit that we are all children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, for indeed we suffer with him so that we might also be glorified with him. 
So we find out back in Hebrews chapter 12 that he, wow, that means we're going to share kingdom with him. That's pretty awesome if you think about that. He's providing with us here on earth. He's then going to give us a, a joint heir. We're going to be ruling with him in heaven. Wow. God really must love you so much that he would do that for you. Now, go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Keep, folks, if you're going to be listening to me preach, you're going to have to know that Bible and know it well and get through the Scriptures. I don't want you ever to take my opinion about anything. I want you to see what the Scripture says. Thank you, brother. That amen was a little bit late, but uh, thank you, brother. All right. All right, here we go. John chapter 14, verse 1. And I, I'll share this with you. Uh, let's start in verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, also believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you. Where I go, I prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you will also be. And you know the way where I am going. So folks, we're looking at that right now. And from verse 11, God provides for us here on earth. Then he's called us to be an heir of his. Now he says once we get to heaven, oh my golly, he's going to make us a mansion. What kind of a God is this? Isn't this great? Wow. So getting saved, you've got a provider. You're going to be heirs with Christ. And he's built you a mansion. Ruth Ann and I have driven around uh, uh, Canal, Winchester, and, and Lithopolis and looking at houses and whatnot, and, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, always looking for that little well, one story with one acre, all this other kind of stuff. But, you know, God's going to make us a mansion that he's going to tailor make for us. Man, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Thinking he loves us that much. Looking about how much he really loves us. Let's go to the next slide. Verse, verse, uh, we'll go back to Hebrews chapter 12. And let's look down into verse 9. It says, Furthermore, I had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected him. How much, rather, how, much, how much not more rather we be subject to the Father and live. So he provides for us, and now we find in verse 9 that he protects us. Wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Now, let's, let's listen to this passage of Scripture. We're not going to turn to it. In John chapter 10, verses 2. But he enters the door and is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and, they lead, and he leads them out. And he puts them forth and all in his own. He goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. I am, verse 14, and I'm the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep which are not in this fold and which I must bring down. And, I will, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I might take it up again. Wow, that's, that's eternal security. So we've got, now he says he's going to provide for us. He's going to protect us. He's going to take care of us. We're going to be joint owners with him in heaven. He's providing us a mansion. A father designs his discipline to enable his children to be comfortable, integrated into the family for the many mutual benefits of every member of the family. Therefore, any kind of punishment that causes us to comfort, to conform to this pattern of family behavior, the father of a brash temper, the father does not honor God, 
nor produce Christian character. For us, takes care of us, does everything for us. Now we're going to find there's a problem. There's a big problem. Let's go to verse 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble, and make straight paths for your feet, so the limb which is lame will not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. If you look at the the texture, the, the scripture here, and let me find it for you, and, and Hebrews chapter 12, verse 8, it says, But if you were without discipline, which all have been partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. If you have the King James Version in front of you, that term illegitimate, that word says bastard. Folks, I was born in 1959. In my lifetime, I was raised in the 60s and 70s. If you ever wanted to hurt someone's feelings, you'd call them a bastard. You know what a bastard is? That's a child that's born without a mother, without a, a mother and a father, out of wedlock. It seems back in those days that if, if someone would become pregnant, then the man and the woman would get married so they would never have to bastard child. We so many children today that their mothers and fathers are not married. That's a problem. You've got a heavenly father that loves for you, that provides for you, that protects you, that does all these things. However, you live an undisciplined lifestyle that brings these problems to you. You have given the right for Satan to attack you because you live an undisciplined lifestyle. You see... When we use the term bastard, that means that a man and a woman either committed fornication or adultery. See, sex is between a husband and wife. That is a spiritual worship that God has given a husband and wife. That's the only spiritual worship that they have given you. It's close to what you're going to have in heaven because from that spiritual worship, a miracle comes, and that's called a child. You see, folks, we have a lot of issues today with a lot of problems, and it stems from that one thing. We, we looked at the 60s, and we had a bunch of hippies, and we had free love, and we had all kind of issues. Then as the 70s rolled around, we, we had uh, the, the, the rights movements, and, and now we're, we're into something now that's just the lesbian community, the gay community, LBGTQ, all these things. And folks, I tell you what, our main problem right now is that root of the husband and wife. It's all in that one single problem. You see, that's, Satan knew that, and that's why he attacked it very slowly, very gradually, very openly. And now it's very loud, and we just kind of let it go by. We just say, well, that's the way things are. Our problem today is that we're not living that Christian, disciplined lifestyle. Now, I believe in eternal security. I believe that 12 through once you are a child of God, that you always the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight pathways of your feet so that the limb which is lame will not be put out of joint but rather be healed. You see, Christian, what happens today 
is that you take this word and you say, well, you know, this is kind of outdated. You know, yeah, this is, might have been the Bible that my mother and father read. God gave us his holy, living, inspired word for us to live through, live in, and to guide us in our lives. But we've put it down, and we've turned our back on God. You know what, God, I, I, I'm okay now. Boy, look over here. This looks a little bit better. Oh, and, you know, I, I really, boy, look at that young lady. Boy, doesn't she look pretty? I, you know what, I'm feeling, she's, and look at that young man. Boy, isn't he a good-looking guy? Well, he's really built, and he's a good-looking guy. And what we've done is we've turned our back to a holy God that provides for us, that has done every, give us joint heirs in the kingdom of heaven, given us a mansion, given us salvation, and we've turned our back on him. Now, folks, that is not a disciplined lifestyle for a Christian. That's why this message is only for Christians today. We've turned our back on a heavenly loving God that's forgiven us, that's done everything for us. And we keep walking further and further and further away from him. We get into lifestyles and changes, which it would make our grandparents blush and just unbelievably go, what are you doing? But over here, God says, I love you. I love you. Come home. I love you. It says here in the, in the word that about dislocated shoulder, dislocated knee, and how painful it is. You know what the problem is? Is that God's still reaching out, and he's still got a hold of you. And he's trying to pull you back home. And that joy, the more painful you are, the more painful you're walking away from God. That's what our problem is, Christian. We're feeling the pain. We're living in the pain, and we think, okay, but you guide to him, and you're not even listening to anything he's saying to you, and you're going the way of Satan. God's still got a hold of you. still going to go to heaven, but boy, that shoulder never have turned back to God. Few things are more pathetic than the undisciplined life. It has been defiled, desired, uh, aborted inhibitions. It proclaims a freedom that releases our impulses to find gratification at any price. The fear of frustration is a simple but fundamental fact of life. We cannot perform the most elementary task of life without discipline. We, we will never get to work on time in the morning. We will never complete any assignment or meet any obligation. God has so structured life that, that every joy we know a painful discipline. Wait a minute. This is the God that loves you. The son, this, is the God, this is the God that provides for you. This is the God that does everything. Does God give you the pain? No. Folks, you have the pain because you've walked away from him. I love you. Come home. He's not here to judge you. You're his child. You will forevermore be his child. Folks, let me tell you what. Reaching out here, our biggest problem today as we choose not to live a disciplined lifestyle. Even though that we know God's already given us our salvation. We know that God's already made us joint heirs. He's preparing us a mansion. He's going to provide for us everything. Man, do you know anybody else on heaven and earth that would do that for you? 
Is there anybody? No. But we still turn our back on a loving Heavenly Father that would do everything in the world for His children. And if you're saved here today, that's who you are. You're His children. We get hurt a lot. We get hurt bad. Man, it's painful to be out here. That's, oh, man, I do this. It's so bad. Then, God, wait a minute. You said you love me. God, you said you're going to provide for me. God, you said you're going to do this. Why, God, did you, why, why did you do this to me? Then, maybe, you know, this was just a dream I had. That, that when I came forward in a church service one time, I, I don't believe it. And, then, and it starts eating alive at our souls. But you know what? That same heavenly, holy Father that saved you is the same today as he will be tomorrow, as he will be from years to come, as he was at the beginning of time, as he will be from the end of time. It's you that's changed. You are the one that caused the pain. You are the one that has to take the responsibility for life because God said, I give you his word. I'm going to train you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. I will do everything for you. And you choose to walk away from a God that way. I'm glad I'm not God. Boy, that was a little bit late. Thank you, thanks, Phil. That's a little bit late. I'm glad I'm not God. Because if one of my children to do that, oh, man, would I ever wear out your backside. Let me tell you what right now. But God doesn't do that. I love you. Come home. Now, let's go to the fourth slide. For verse chapter, uh, I'm sorry, one that seemed best. But he disciplined us for our good that we may share his holiness. I'm in a Southern Baptist church right now, and I'm saying holiness. What? Wow, we have. What is holiness? That's when God reaches down and he touches his people. But you know what? You can't receive holiness. Listening, Father, and you've turned his back on him. You can't receive the holiness. It's okay, preacher. You've said something. How do we do that? We've got to get into the problem. Do you know how to get there? The first step is right here. God, forgive me. God, help me. I love you, Lord. I've been here all along for you. But if you want to go up and share holiness, you've got to get down on your knees first. And you got to beg him home. I mean, you got to be sincere. you got to get to that very end because God's still holding on to you. I'm telling you what, you got to open up your heart. And the words here to Christ. What's that mean? That means you've got to live a lifestyle that is totally according to what his holy word says. Total submission. Not about it. But you need to submit yourself to Holy Heavenly Father. And then you can share His holiness. But you're going to share His holiness. Look into our next verse. And what's it say in verse 11? Afterwards, and it says, All discipline for the moment does not seem to be joyful, but so fruit of righteousness. Christian, does that describe you? If you're here today and you live a disciplined life, do you hear God's voice? Does he instruct you? Do you ask him where to go, what to wear, what to eat, where to do anything? Every part of you. 
He loves you that much that he wants to have every detail in every part of your life. The Bible teaches us that every head on our head is counted. I know I don't have that much hair left, but I, every one of them's counted. He loves you that much that he's going to do that for you. Wow. So now, if you're living that peaceful fruit life of rightly what a disciplined lifestyle does, people will see Christ in you and in you and in you lapel pin or I'm a member of First Baptist Church. You don't have to wear that. People will see Jesus in you. Do they? Who need to get close to God. This message is for us who has fallen away. For let me tell you what, folks. Eight months ago, God brought me in this church. Some of you, I've never, I've never met 99% of all of you here. Some of you have known the path. Help me. God brought me here. I said, so many hours on my knees and praying for God's direction in my life. Guess what? He listened to that prayer. Only God talks to you with. You know, the world is loud. The world will blur your vision. The world wants to. And man, I tell you, I was going in so many different directions and everything like that. And I just said, God, I Whatever you want, it's your will. Not and heal me, and heal me, and heal me. And I tell you, he took a broken old man, and he made him a brand new man. You see, God is not in the repair business. And he didn't say, I want to repair your life. I want you to have a new life. You see, God does not in any way want to repair anything that you've been through. He wants to replace it and give you a Christian. He wants you to drop the chains that's holding you down. He wants you to drop the circumstances that's encumbering your life. That stuff. Bad things will happen. So many Christians today are suffering with sex offense. It was made so that Christ can go all over the world, but 90% of the web today is full of pornography. That's not can heal you. Discipline. He's not going to repair you. He's going to give you a new life. He wants you to live in an abundance. He wants you to be in Has God been doing miracles around you lately? Discipline lifestyle. You will see miracles. God's still in the miracle business. Trust me. I've been able to see so many of them. I was hoping to be preaching here today. He came in, and I was able to lead him to the Lord, and he's uh, starting his journey in, in, in faith, and I wanted him to come forward in a church service to, to seal that in the corner. And I don't see John, so I know he's not here, but uh, folks, the thing is, God brings you into the, I'm sorry, Christian, the thing is, God brings you into the, do that through a disciplined lifestyle. Do people see his holiness in you? Is his righteousness coming out? We're going to be able to have a decision to make. Today's the day we can go ahead and change our lives to make it so that we don't become like Eve. It never happened. Today you have an opportunity to get back with God, get healing from God, and today this might heal your opportunity you have. Folks, if you're here and you're a church member, 
and you've never received Christ, you don't know who he is, but mainly that you want to receive salvation. And folks, if you're here and you're lost, heaven's not your home, and you don't know who Jesus is, Jesus is going to give you an I have all these things that I've described today of having him provide for you, to have him protect you, to have him give you everything to be your home. If you're here today and you're broken and you need help, if you're a church member today and you don't know Christ, you are broken. Lost today, you're not, you're not going to get that style. You're in pain. You don't have to live in that pain anymore. Total submission to the God that loves you to release that pain. Give the when you started school when you were five years old, they put a, a knapsack on your back. And any and until you graduated high school, you had to carry that knapsack knapsack with you full of stones. See, God's not interested in taking the stones off your back. He wants to take the knapsack knapsack away from you that you never see it again. You need to come to Christ. We're going to give an invitation right now that you can get your life changed. Eternity will be your home. You don't have to worry about anything anymore. It's on my heart today. Father, I've given everything that, I, that you've asked me to give today. Now it's between you and your people. Father, I call on the Christian to be healed. For, Father, they have the knowledge in their head, but they don't have it in their heart yet. Stir their heart, Father, so they can open up their heart. Through your mouth, people confess but through your heart you believe. Heavenly Father, move the Christian to have that disciplined lifestyle so they no longer have to feel pain. Father, I pray for that person that's lost here today who's in the sound of my voice. They need help. They need a Savior. But Father, reach into their heart to feel you right now that they just pray this little prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sins. I open up my heart to you. Come in and save my soul. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. If you're a church member here today, if you've never received Christ, God's calling you home. No more holding up pews in this church. You know that Jesus that they've been talking about, the Savior that loves you. Father, we just ask for your redeeming power during this time. We ask you to open up every heart in this service today that each one of them would be honest, look you right in the eye and say, yes, Lord, what do you want me to do? Father, heal these people today. Put your hands of love around them and bring them forward. Father, we just ask for your anointing during this time. Allow the sinner to see the need for a Savior. Allow the saint to be able to see the need of living that life Allow them to go and open up their heart today. And Father, for that church member, allow them finally to accept you. I pray this and in your worship, I give thanks and amen. I'm going to ask all of us to stand at this time. With every head bowed, we're going to give you an opportunity. You see, Christ never called anybody in the New Testament he called you Lord in the way he service. He called you secretly. He called you as your personal Lord and Savior. If you're a Christian here today and you're not living that disciplined lifestyle, you know what? Coming forward seals it so much. 
because others will see you and say, you know what, if he can do it, if she can do it, I can do it too. You might be that one person that everyone's been looking at that says, you know what, if he changes his life, I can do it. And if you're a church member here today and you finally want to receive Christ and join this church and get baptized, come forward. I'm going to ask every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's going to look around. I'm going to ask Brian to sing. I just want you to step out that aisle and come to Jesus today. I'm going to meet you down front. You come. No one's looking around. You can do something today that will change eternity. Jesus today. Christian. This invitation's for you. Come on, please. If I could come back. Please come today. What are you holding on to? There's no freaking word. For today. Spirit asking you to come home. Step out that aisle. Come to Jesus today.